Hello, and welcome to Banking Transformed. I'm your host, Jim Roos, owner and CEO of the Digital Bank Report and co-publisher of the financial brand. Digital payment adoption and the use of digital payments has surged across the world. As a result, prioritizing payments innovation is a critical area of focus for banks, credit unions, merchants, and those organizations that provide services and core system support. Consumers want to choose how they transact, making it critical for financial institutions of all sizes to provide payment options that are fast, secure, and easy to use. But how does a credit union or bank stay ahead of the curve? On today's show, we have Ashley DePapas, co-founder and general manager of GoCart, part of FIS's Impact Labs. She will discuss the innovation process of FIS and the impact payment innovation has had on the success of both clients and the marketplace. Payments innovation is transforming banking as we know it, and it will impact nearly every other industry in the next five years. There's significant value to be unlocked by organizations that take a holistic, coordinated and strategic approach to modernizing their payments architecture, but no financial institution is taking this challenge alone. So how does a bank, credit union, fintech provider, or big tech organization stay ahead of this payment industry evolution? As I mentioned, I have Ashley DePapas, co-founder and general manager of GoCart, FIS's Impact Lab's first funded venture on the show today. Welcome to the show, Ashley. You know, before we start, could you provide a little bit of background about your career, as well as the foundation of uh, FIS's Impact Lab's? Yeah, sure, Jim. Uh, start with background. So one, thanks again for having me on the show. Um, I have been in payments for about four years now, um, was brought in within a FIS through the World Pay acquisition, uh, primarily launching products in the payment space into SMB software providers. Um, before payments, I was a uh, strategy consultant at Deloitte, worked with Fortune 100 companies on their customer strategy, financial technology transformation, um, supply chain operations, a lot of different things. It's a great way to start your career. One of the last things I did there um, was actually help them launch their product innovation arm and help them figure out how to commercialize products that they were building for clients and scale them to be able to be sold to other clients of theirs. Um, I have a degree in chemical and biomolecular engineering, which has nothing to do with fintech. Wow. Or uh, but my journey, my journey to the space has been um, an interesting one and a fun one. And um, now being the general manager of GoCart for the last year and a half, it's been exciting times for us just with all that's going on in payments. So can you tell us a little bit about FIS Impact Labs? I think it's a fairly new component of FIS. How did it come about and what role does this entity play in the relationship with your multidimensional clients? So FIS Impact Labs is essentially a corporate venture builder for FIS. What that means is that FIS has essentially isolated a team that can focus on very specific problems to solve within the fintech space. Um, the, the Impact Labs team's mission and vision is to create a frictionless economy. And so these teams and pods are set up to solve a specific point of friction in fintech um, come up with uh, solutions that may or may not solve that problem 
to test them in an iterative way, build out a business case, and then ultimately incubate them. Um, the, uh, the way that that team comes up with problems um, to solve for and chooses investments in different ventures and startups to build is whether or not there is a unique advantage or unfair advantage that FIS brings to the table to disproportionately scale a venture. So what that means for GoCart is we solved for a hypothesis, or we tested a hypothesis of, is there still friction in checkout? This was at the time where, um, you know, the pandemic was just happening. Everybody was moving online to make payments digital, restaurants, healthcare, um, retailers that were in store, all forced to move online. And we had to set out and understand, does friction still exist in checkout or is that already solved for? Um, the unfair advantage that GoCart had in building this organization within FIS is that we serve over a million merchants across the globe. Um, we have payments technology that already exists that we can bring together today to make checkout much faster and more consistent for consumers across industries. And those two things, along with the partnerships from the bank relationships and all the card holders that we issue cards to on behalf of banks, brought this beautiful ecosystem together to make it really easy for consumers to check out. So that's what GoCart solves for. Um, Impact Labs does this kind of on a repeatable process over and over and over again. So you obviously, as you mentioned, serve multiple constituencies, including mm -hmm. financial institutions, merchants, fintech provider, as well mm -hmm. as internal business units within FIS. So how do you get the input from these multiple constituencies to build a solution, be it, uh, you know, as you mentioned, the go-kart solution or any solution that FIS touches? How do you get the input from these multiple constituencies? Yeah, I have to say it just starts with who's first the end user of the problem that you're solving for. Um, once you start there, then you kind of expand out. So in the case of go-kart, we started with the consumer. Our ultimate goal is to solve for fast checkout for consumers, frictionless checkout for consumers. Um, from there, we talk to the merchants. Merchants are the ones that sell products to these consumers. So often we'll leverage relationships within the FIS business to access those merchants. Meanwhile, internally, we're setting up workshops discussing with stakeholders and leaders within the FIS business who are experts in the industry, experts in payments, experts in e-commerce to help kind of build out and inform some of the uh, product strategy and some of our go-to-market strategy. You know, Innovation FIS, is it done totally right now within the FIS Impact Labs? Or is it distributed in some way across the entire FIS organization, which is huge to say the least? It would be silly to say that innovation only lives within Impact Labs. Our entire organization is innovative in some regard, some respect. Impact Labs just has a very specific process that they follow, um, almost mechanical in a way and very data-driven in a way and how they inform um, and get research on what problems to solve for, um, how they market size those opportunities, and also when they build out the business case. So we follow a very strict kind of step-by-step -step process to get to an investment decision. FIS, as I mentioned, is a huge organization. And as we do those huge organizations, Agility is, and flexibility is not necessarily a core competency. When you worked with GoCart, how did you see the process as it related to how big FIS is and how you can relate to smaller constituencies? Because I would imagine, you know, you, you have to change a lot of legacy thinking, legacy process in order to put a new implementation in place. How did, how did you do that with GoCart? Yeah. 
Oh man, that's a really good question. And there's a lot to unpack there. So um, I'll start off by saying the way the corporate venture builder was designed was so that we could be nimble and that we could be agile as we're incubating a venture. So as the general manager of GoCart, I have an engineering team, a product team, a sales team, and an ops team that all report to me. So essentially, it's like a startup. We just are funded and live within a corporate entity. Um, when the Impact Labs team was funded and founded, I have to say the appetite across the FIS organization was welcoming to that idea, to be able to break down barriers, challenge the way processes are done to accelerate the growth of this venture and future ones to come. Um, so in a way, we've kind of figured out how to use the best of both worlds. There's great things that large organizations bring to the table when it comes to process and structure that might make them seem like they're moving slower, but you've got to remember FIS is backing almost 95% of the largest banks in the world. Um, so their, their process is there for a reason. When it comes to innovation, it's understanding how do you leverage that to your advantage, that the, those rules and those structures, and build nimbly enough to be able to provide value to, to merchants and to banks as quickly as possible. You know, I would take this to another level and say it on the innovation side, you know, one of the challenges mm -hmm. that organizations sometimes have is we work with them and I work with all the major core providers is how does the, how does the organization support the smaller financial institutions, the smaller merchants that you work with? So when you're building mm -hmm. a new product such as GoCart, how do you make sure that the small organizations are served as well as the big organizations? Yeah, that's a, it's kind of a core, a core principle of ours in our, our, our uh, product strategy. Um, we don't build just for one large enterprise client or one large bank. Um, the, the value of GoCart of being able to check out quickly in as many places as possible is that we have scale and scale requires that we build for problems that everyone um, could need solutions for. So um, what that means is it's very easy to integrate to GoCart. Our use cases are applicable across a number of different scenarios when a consumer is checking out, whether that's um, ordering food online or whether that's ordering a pair of jeans online or whether that's paying for your healthcare bill. We've made it so that um, the checkout, the primitive checkout process can work within those different industries and can easily integrate either into your own tech stack or the software provider that you use for your e-commerce platform. I realize that we've been talking about an innovation, but really haven't talked what the innovation does. So mm -hmm. can you discuss a little bit about GoCart, the yeah. payments innovation that you recently introduced in, and what it brings to the marketplace that's different than what's out there today? Yeah, sure. So we we talked to a lot of consumers right at the beginning of the pandemic around checkout and what they don't like about payments today. Um, I was actually surprised myself about uh, with a with how much friction still exists when it come when it came to checkout. Um, and so, in its core, GoCart is a consumer checkout product. It allows consumers to save their payments information. Um, it automatically recognizes consumers on merchants' websites or via text email so that consumers can pay for a good or a service as quickly and as conveniently as possible. Um, what we found in this space at the time is that while retail solution, checkout solutions um, have 
have created this fast in class experience that's fast, that's quick, that's easy, you know, the concept of a one click button um, that doesn't exist everywhere. And so that's what we set to build out a checkout solution for consumers that exists across industries that's truly ubiquitous. The other thing that we set out to accomplish is um, providing flexibility for consumers. One thing we learned in the research that uh, myself and the team conducted was that there are so many solutions out there today when it comes to different types of payment methods that they love the flexibility, but they want it in one place. And when you talk to merchants, they're managing multiple vendors just to give consumers the flexibility of payment options on their website. You can imagine the NASCAR effect on e-commerce. Um, the other thing that you talk when you talk to merchants is they're starting to engage consumers in new ways. They're you know launching personal shopper experiences where they're sending cute clothes items, but then you have to call and pick up the phone to get the credit card information. Um, you know, with the pandemic and restaurants moving online um, and delivery apps kind of taking over, restaurants are struggling to create seamless checkout experiences that don't impact their margins. So all of these things made me realize that while checkout's great in retail and there are solutions out there, it's not consistent across new channels that are that exist today. And those payment methods aren't consistent um, and tied to one identity for a consumer. So really, GoCart allows the consumer the ability to have multiple payment methods behind GoCart and makes it so that it's, as you said, more ubiquitous around across merchants that may not already associate with other large payment providers, correct? Yeah, exactly. And I would just say that the one thing that's uniquely different about GoCart compared to kind of a traditional wallet today is the way we recognize users. So typically a user would recognize a wallet and click a button. Uh, we have listeners that are integrated either into a guest checkout page, text message, email, where we just recognize the GoCart user's email. And we check whether or not, you know, let's say, Jim, you're a GoCart user. Jim at gmail.com um, is a GoCart user. And we just pop up. No need to see our brand or remember to use us. We truly just find you and usher you into all your payment methods as seamlessly as possible. So this is really an embedded, I mean, in the way we talk about embedded experiences mm -hmm. and, you know, as opposed to me getting to an Amazon site and seeing my options of payment, this is really even earlier in the purchase process. And as you mentioned and continue to mention at the merchant level so that it's not, yeah, the, the big, the big players are going to have their ways of paying and people set it up that way. But we, we buy things in so many different ways and more and more is being done through social. You know, there's more embedding in, in Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and other channels that, as you said, having your email address or having another way to identify you becomes pretty important. Oh, totally. Yeah, you are, you're hitting the nail on the head with where we're headed. I mean, just in general, I think retail spend is forecasted. Retail marketing spend is forecasted to go up 30% this year, uh, and that's primarily in social channels. And something like GoCart, where you can make sure you maximize that media spend to actually convert to a sale, is really critical for us. You know, send an email on a promotion, check out within that email with GoCart, put an ad up on social media, check out within that ad on GoCart. 
Those are the kind of things that we're looking to move in, which is um, an industry term called headless checkout. Okay, so I'll I'll give you, I don't think it's in the process right now. And it's one of these things I've been using social uh, uh, purchasing more than I'd like to. One challenge I see is that when you buy something, there's no way for it to tie back to the merchant to take that off your platform. You know, I'd, I'd love, you know, I, I'd love to see a way so I don't keep on seeing the same uh, ads for something I bought already. And there's, right, today, there's no connection. And that's just a, you know, it's one of those things you start looking at, things have come so far, there's still distance to be made, but. Uh, yeah, I love to say that, you know, any new technology, there's always new friction and something new to solve for. That's the fun part about technology is that problems never go away or they go away and then new ones pop up. Or there's new, oh gosh, yeah. you know, And we don't realize how good it's gotten. I mean, it's like airline travel. I keep on referring to the fact we didn't know how good it, it, we had had it until mm-hmm. we didn't have it that way anymore. So clearly this venture wasn't lost without a ton of research. And I hear you, mm-hmm. that you, you are super into numbers. What are some of the statistics that you and your team discovered about the checkout experience that was that was broken. Yes, you are right. We've done a lot of research and we recently did some research ahead of Money 2020 uh, with a report called What Do Consumers Hate About Payments? And it was totally centered around, uh, it was a very aggressive title. I loved it. Um, but it was centered around, you know, what friction still exists. And some of the most surprising and maybe appalling stats that I found in the research was 50% of consumers are not likely to purchase or extremely frustrated by account login or password creation during checkout. Which is really interesting because that, you know, when you go to when you go to buy something, you have two options, guest checkout or sign in to pay. And that that sign in to pay, while really important and drives a lot of loyalty and a lot of you know engagements for engagement for retailers or for restaurants, consumers don't necessarily like that process. It, and in some cases, it creates shopping cart abandonment. I just go, you know what? That's I'm not exactly going there. That's exactly what it does. It's one yeah. of the primary reasons of shopping cart abandonment. Um, and so what's interesting about that is, you know, we saw that as an opportunity. Well, let's make guest checkout as quick as possible so that that consumer can buy the item, create a connection with that merchant, um, and then come back for loyalty or sign up after the purchase. So things like that. Um, the other one that I don't think is surprising, but just validates some of the stuff that we're working on is 20% of consumers get distracted or lose interest when making a purchase, and that leads to cart abandonment. We're living in a day where a text message could distract you and all of a sudden you're not you're no longer ordering on the checkout page or let's say a new ad pops up and now you're now you're looking at a new product and you didn't make checkout quick enough to actually convert that sale um you know there's times where i've tried to order food online in between meetings and couldn't pay fast enough so i just ate my leftovers in my fridge that's a lost sale for that restaurant yeah so um, losing interest in the distractions that we have on our phone and just in our digital lives today um, can really impact uh, cart conversion. Yeah, we, we, we forget about some of the things that happen because the, we do so much on our mobile device that, you know, you, you, you have notifications, you have other things that, as you said, distract you. It's the normal it, things that never would have happened in an office or a, a, a laptop situation, for instance. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the last thing I'll say, and I was surprised by this one, um, but it's an exciting metric was 70% of consumers want kind of one identity attached to 
um, their payment methods and they want loyalty surrounding that. Um, I found that really interesting given that there are are there existing solutions today? And, and that's really what drove a lot of the, the thinking around go-kart is there seems to still be a gap in what consumers want. So you're right. Research numbers are super important to us. We talk to consumers every day, whether it's ethnographic research, whether it's user feedback, whether it's usability testing, um, all those things are super important for us to stay ahead on how we design checkout for consumers. Well, it's interesting. You know, one thing about payments is it never sleeps. It's always going on <laughs> and it's evolutionary in the amount of change. And we've seen buy now, pay later. We see cryptocurrency, yeah. we see blockchain, we see NFTs. I mean, all these things that are impacting what we're gonna consider in a broad sense, the payment process. So obviously your work has just begun with regard to, yes, you've introduced a new product, but this has got to evolve with the marketplace or else you fall behind again. So yeah. what's being done to be prepared for the changes that are going on in payments as, as relates to alternative payment solutions, as well as different ways of people, you know, I, I consider, I'm not too sure if I consider buy now, pay later, a, a payment solution or a lending solution, but it does get involved in the process of checkout. So how does yeah. all this relate to as you're looking at go-kart going forward? Yeah, as we kind of structure the new payment methods that we want to provide consumers and enable on merchant sites, um, you know, we, we look at a number of things right, right now, buy now, pay later is almost becoming table stakes. It's been really interesting how quickly that specific technology and offering has grown in, in the U.S. When we were just at um, the National Retail Federation Conference in New York. Was it last week? Yeah, last week. And that was <laughs> that was the hot topic. And and so it's really interesting because, you know, we've seen a lot of growth there. There's still a lot of merchants who are assessing that as something that they want to provide their consumers. And we know for a fact consumers want it. So kind of near term, that's what we're looking to embed within GoCart. Um, beyond that, it's going to be, it's going to depend on consumer behavior. We hear merchants say that they would love, you know, real-time bank, real-time payments embedded within GoCart because it's a, you know, a lower cost payment solution. Um, in, in some markets, pay by bank has uh, been adopted really quickly, like in China or in other developing countries in South America. It, I don't have a crystal ball, but we'll see how that goes in the U.S. with consumers paying by bank. The other one is crypto. Crypto, while still very volatile, um, I do think it's going to move there eventually. Maybe not in retail or restaurant to start, but gaming, um, in VR. Um, I think there's a cohort or a demographic of especially younger or more tech savvy consumers out there that are starting to move that way. And you've seen merchants already start to step and dip their toes. So you're looking at the first movers right now, test the waters. Um, again, kind of what, what we focus on is what, uh, what, what's going to solve a problem for a broad set of consumers. So we're going we're gonna to wait and see, but it's definitely on our roadmap to enable. So it, it's interesting. It's more of a personal question. Mm -hmm. You know, you've, you've gone from uh, an area within FIS that's, I, I would say, typical to being the owner of a, a fintech organization within FIS. How does this change your daily life, what you do day to day and, and the way you're thinking? I'll start off with saying it was extremely humbling to go from a product manager within Impact Labs to a general manager and to build this venture from the ground up. 
know, we started with a team of one and we're now at 40 people. And so the way my daily life has changed is that I can go from, you know, the nittiest of grittiest of details to talking about the high level vision of where go-kart's going to be in 10 years in a matter of seconds. Um, I think a lot about people now, a lot about the culture on the team. To me, that is the most important thing to build a successful and sustainable organization is how do you empower people? How do you motivate them? How do you just give them the right level expectations and goal setting so that they can come up with the best solution for the problems we're solving for at Go-Kart? So um, I think a lot about our people and how to manage an organization that is scaling really rapidly. Um, I'm doing a lot of just over-communicating of ideas of decisions that need to be made, um, context around pivots where we're switching. Um, you know, new information comes in every single day here. And, and that's a lot to handle for a company to be so uh, adaptable and agile, but also building for scale. Um, so that seems a little bit high level, but it comes down into how we run one, how I run one-on-ones. I do a lot of one-on-ones. Um, you know, what are the principles of how we're going to decide our product strategy for the year, for the quarter, for sprint planning? Um, when we talk about sales, you know, it's always what's the customer's problem? What's the consumer's problem? Um, and really just bringing people back to the core reasons why we built GoCart um, is the role that I play in a lot of the meetings today. What do you believe is the biggest opportunity, not just for GoCart and SIS, but in the payments marketplace today? The biggest opportunity. So I have a couple. Um, I truly believe like in in 10 years that if you're not the most frictionless out there, you're you're dead in the water. A consumer's expectations are are so high right now that while you could say that across industry or across technology for payments specifically, if you are not the best in class when it comes to a consumer experience, um, you're dead. The, the second one, when it comes to actual technology, um, I really think like broader, broader looking that real-time payments and getting in on that early is going to be key. Um, just given the trends that have happened in China and other markets with real-time payments and pay by bank, I, I, think, I think the U.S. is ready for it. Finally, and we're gonna th- I'm going to throw you lo- another little curveball here. Um, we're it. a month away, or a little bit more than a month away, from International Women's Day. Mm-hmm. It is not at all um, uh, invisible to me that you're a woman at a very large financial institution that's taken on a leadership role managing what is, in effect, the first fintech development from FIS Impact Labs. What is it like for you at FIS, and it's a very diverse organization that is certainly given opportunities for women, but what's it like to be a leader and being able to be the leader of something that's so brand new at FIS, being a woman? The most interesting part in the last year in in developing as a leader, as a woman, is almost discovering my own strengths um, as a woman in, in this growth period. And honestly, at FIS, being empowered to do so. Um, I feel that I've been able to, given the op- given, been given opportunities to fail. I've been given opportunities to grow in my leadership style, whether that's being more direct or in in some ways like really 
really lean into like my authentic leadership style, which is honestly being very empathetic towards others um, and being very understanding and curious about others' perspectives or opinions. Um, and it's been really cool to honestly see some of the attributes that a women have become a superpower for me. And and I've loved that. I've, I've really loved um, the chance to grow at FIS and the support that I've received um, and the team that's surrounded me uh, is great. I, you know, I honestly operate as a flat structure and I love that. I think that we all have wonderful ideas that we bring to the table. Um, we all come from diverse either industry backgrounds or careers or cultures um, and age as well. And all of those things are valuable when it comes to creating something new together. And I'm just one piece of the puzzle. Thank you so much, Ashley, for being on the show today and sharing your insights as well as a little bit of your personal side. I really appreciate the time. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Banking Transform. Rate is a top five banking podcast and winner of three international awards for podcast excellence. If you enjoy what we're doing, please take some time to show us some love in the form of review. It really helps us in the rankings, but also in finding more guests like today's. Finally, be sure to catch my recent articles on the financial brand and the research we're doing for the Digital Bank Report. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to our producer, Leah Longbreak, audio engineer, Sean Rule Hoffman, and video producer, Will Pritz. I'm your host, Jim Roos. Until next time, remember, innovation requires the ability to collaborate and share ideas while understanding consumer needs. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business, when you need it, from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.